from the Gettysburg and 91.1 WZBT Gettysburg. I'm Ben Ponce and this is On Target. I'm Gar Magala and today on Target we will be discussing the latest Gettysburg updates, news, and initiatives. And then we'll talk to Bridget Haynes about what's going on in the Sunderman Conservatory of Music. Stay with us. All right, let's get into it. So we had intended to uh, record this one or stream this one live. Zoom is being uncooperative. So here we are, not live, still via Zoom. I think this is the third or fourth on target we've done on tour. It's going. <laughs> I think it's going good. Um, it's really, it's been nice to have like something else on our schedule that's like a timed thing to do. Um, I feel like everything that I'm able to schedule on my calendar makes me feel a little bit more sane. <laughs> every meeting, every class schedule, maybe, maybe not, who knows? I don't have the same uh, perception of that, but you know, different, different strokes for different folks, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we are now entering week three of this remote, remoteness. <laughs> uh, and and uh, last week, as you alluded to, uh, was April Fools. And one thing that this coronavirus did not uh, suppress was the mildly inappropriate humor that uh, that we trotted out for the annual April Fools edition. You know, I will just say that uh, a few weeks ago we talked about whether we were going to do this, and and we really kind of planned for a couple of scenarios. One was everyone was just stir crazy and the coronavirus turned out not to be as serious as we thought so we could make a lot of jokes about the coronavirus. That turned out not to be the case. Uh, the second one uh, was the coronavirus was serious. Everyone is stir crazy and could benefit from some levity. That's the one we went with. And then the third one was everything is so serious and pe- so many people are dying that everyone knows that we can't joke at all. We're not there yet. Uh, yeah. So scenario two, it was. Uh, so we tried to lay off too much explicit coronavirus humor, although social distancing was fair game to be sure. And some fun was had at my expense in that regard, uh, though it was uh, well, well earned. I will say that that article that Lauren Hand wrote about me, uh, social having thought we were social distancing the whole time, did sell my age a little bit short. I always tell people I was born at the age of 80 which would make me 102, as opposed to Lauren uh, telling me I was 10 years younger, born at 70, and thus just celebrated my 92nd birthday. There will come a time in my life when I'm sure that'll be a compliment, but for now, you know. I also think that we don't think you're going to survive for your centennial, Ben. (laughs) I think that was the main issue with that. Yeah, but I mean, I don't think if, I I don't think I'm going to survive to my, uh, to my 90s if I'm not going to survive to my hundreds either. That's uh, valid. Yeah. High, high stress, high red meat consumption diet. It's the red meat that'll get you in the end. It's not the stress. <laughs> I well, definitely we'll that for me. Favorite April Fool's articles, Gary? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, first off, for anyone who doesn't know, I'm not a fan of like April Fools as a concept. Never have been. Um, I've been part of like student journalism since I was in ninth grade in high Some school. Some people would call Gary a killjoy. Not me, yeah. some people. 
Definitely. Um, I've never liked it. Ben's been dealing with me about like complaining about it for like three years now, but this time around, like just, you know, editing April Fool's pieces and getting them up on the website has been like one of the more entertaining things I've done since like social distancing came into play. Some of my favorites, definitely the 12 people you'll meet in your Zoom class by our sports editor, Gary Blazer. Rocking on these articles this year. He was the funniest one out of all of us. And Garrett's like pretty much a, you know, like does the work, sends it in, and we're good. And I was having such a great time reading his stuff. Um, also, really enjoyed Jane Fitzpatrick's piece about the gazebo um, and a ragtag team of professors trying to protect the gazebo. I think we just had this air of ridiculousness in our April Fool's content that was less about like actually being relatively mean to people and more about just being like, listen, it could be weirder, <laughs> you know? And I think that that definitely made me feel like in a more serious note, it made me feel a little bit better about the current situation because some of the scenarios that we you know published about on april 1st were definitely more bizarre and more terrifying than what we had yeah president riggs um whom we asserted was observed teaching psychology courses on a tropical island while wearing a jmr student center t-shirt uh reached out to uh to express her appreciation for that article uh I had not, I have not heard from President Bob at whom some fun was poked, but in the faculty meeting last week via Zoom, uh, he did mention, indicate that he had read at least one of the articles we wrote about him uh, that said that it had a line in it that he had sent out his 433rd campus-wide email. Uh, he admitted to the faculty that that was not that far off, uh, but, you know. That's the lines that we wrote this entire they um, are getting some heavy use out of this office of the president at gettysburg.edu email account they've set up most so, uh, so there's that okay i think that's enough april fools uh speaking of other sorts of things that um are going on that are not explicitly coronavirus related uh as part of the gettysburgians ongoing great work from home initiative uh we will be featuring a live performance, you might say, uh, of the uh, of a play that was written for a festival that is not occurring, but the play will nonetheless be read, and among its starring characters is one Gari Mangala. <laughs> so tell us what's going on there. Yeah, so um, the Allen Nightingale Players, which is the... Um, the theater club on Gettysburg's campus um, runs an independent play festival area called Indie Fest, um, where we put up original works. Um, and one of those plays was written by a now alum, um, Maddie Kramer, who graduated with the class of 2019. Yes, 2019. Um, and she's written a few plays for Indie Fest in past years and wrote one this year called Apotheosis, which is based on um, a couple of Greek myths um, and follows um, the character of David, who's played by Isaac Briggs, and he's a professional tennis player and is just going through the trials and tribulations of trying to maintain a professional career um, with 
you know, some women in his life that are making it a bit harder for him. I play one of those women in his life. Um, definitely one of the more highly involved plays that Indie Fest was going to be putting on. It's a full length, which is not common. Usually we see productions from like five minutes to 30 minutes, but this was going to be I think if it was being performed, it would run up to about an hour. This is obviously going to just be a stage reading. Um, our director, Kathy Scott, um, will be doing the stage directions and things like that. But it should be really interesting. Um, the dialogue is extremely well written. It's a fast-paced, like witty, banter-style dialogue to it. So I think it'll still be really entertaining to listen to and like watch us interacting through Zoom. It should also be really interesting because as Isaac, one of the other actors in it pointed out to me, um, we are now not only going to have to deal with making sure we're not breaking into laughter while staring at each other, but also while looking at ourselves, um, which should be interesting. Uh, I have a weird affinity for playing deadpan characters and then breaking. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> um, but it's exciting. Uh, on the end of the theater department, everyone's really excited to have an opportunity to still, you know, do things like that. You know, we had our main stage canceled and obviously we had Indie Fest canceled, which was supposed to go up on March 28th. Um, and I think that it's been really great to have this kind of venue to still do stuff because, you know, for all of us, we also don't know if like our internships are going to, as many other people are going through, we don't know if all of our internships and jobs are going to happen this summer because, you know, theater isn't a necessity um, in the world. So we don't know when the next time we're going to be able to do a show and do some theater is going to be. So that's, I think, really, really exciting. And yeah. also, yeah. I'm sorry, I was going to say, yeah. So that'll, that'll uh, occur via Facebook Live. Assuming that Zoom broadcasting to Facebook Live comes back sometime in the next six days, as a Zoom pro, I'm a little perturbed that it's not a not working right now. But anyway, so that'll be Saturday, April the 11th at seven o'clock Eastern Time. Uh, someone said it's seven o'clock Eastern Standard Time. That's actually not true. It's seven o'clock Eastern Daylight Time, which is an hour off from Eastern Standard Time. Uh, in which case it would have been uh, an hour earlier, so or later rather. So you know, just just watching out for those time zone nerds among us. Um, that's so that's happening. And what does the word apotheosis mean? I think you said it best. Um, you quoted it in a Zoom meeting the other day. Well, yeah, I googled it and just pasted the definition that came up. It has something to do with a climax. Yeah, um, I think you'll definitely see an apotheosis-style event within the show. Um, it should be right. Let, let's not Let's not divulge anything else. Uh, so that's happening. Other news. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. What other news is even going on? I mean, you and Lauren Hand, our, man, our magazine editor, I almost said managing editor, that's me, um, posted a, an opinion today about possibly doing commencement during homecoming weekend. That we did. Um, so as we discussed last week on this, on this podcast, uh, commencement originally scheduled for May the 17th, not happening on May the 17th, not surprisingly, at least not in person. So the senior class was asked for their ideas and 
the two senior class members of the Gettysburgians editorial board have now weighed in with our idea, which is that we ought to do homecoming over, excuse me, ought to do homecoming over commencement, ought to do commencement over homecoming uh, this fall. Hopefully by late September, we'll be able to do things like that. Uh, your guess is as good as mine. But uh, I think the upshot of this piece was that uh, homecoming is already a time when we engage in full-throated celebrations of Gettysburg College. So, you know, why not uh, engage in one more full-throated celebration of Gettysburg College, bring everyone back, start a class tradition of participating in alumni events while graduating, have a built-in audience of alums already there. The trustees would be there. I mean, we, it would, it, listen, the college would need to pay some people some overtime to pull that off. Uh, that would be one hell of an event. Uh, but, you know, after all this, not to be crass about it, but some employees might not object to being paid some overtime. And, uh, you know, the town of Gettysburg, I'm sure, would welcome an influx of tourism after possibly missing out over the summer tourism season. And, you know, it would just be one of those really over-the-top celebratory occasions in the fall. All students would already be here, um, unlike regular commencement, which occurs a week after classes end. It maybe wouldn't be so hot. Who knows? There'd be a football game. You know, it just seems like uh, we could get the marching band there. Here, I'll go to just go ahead and volunteer the Bullets marching band. <laughs> Uh, you know, it just seems like it would be a lot of fun. And uh, and Lauren and I wrote a piece to that effect that included a little bit more soaring oratorical uh, rhetoric than I just espoused right now. So if you want that, read that. And if not, you know, you just got the Reader's Digest version right here. And from the perspective of someone who wouldn't be graduating at the time, like for me, that would also be a great time to say goodbye to seniors that I didn't get to, you know? Like for stop, (laughs) stop. (laughs) Um, But like, you know, we didn't, none of us got to say our goodbyes to people like for, for me and for, I think a lot of the junior class, this is going to be the hardest group of seniors to like say goodbye to because we spent three years with them. Um, and I think being able to watch them graduate would be great. Um, personally, I was here for commencement last year and I got to say goodbye to people that I, but I didn't get to do that my freshman year and I felt a difference there. So I think I, I can't even see any of the current students having an issue with it. I think it would be a great thing. All right. We're going to go ahead and welcome, uh, into this meeting, Bridget Haynes should now be hopefully on the line connecting to video and audio via Zoom. I'm just kind of, uh, you know, bantering here. There, there she is. She's now appeared on the Zoom screen. Uh, hi. Hi. How's it going? Oh, you know, it's good. Going well. Terrific. Gari? Yeah. You um, ask some questions. I'm just kind of here for fun. That's true. Um, so, Bridget. I'm a really uh, fun who- person. Just ask me. <laughs> for those who don't know, if you want to just introduce yourself a bit, um, I know you're a music ed major, which is the crux of why you're here, but go ahead and give your spiel. Oh, sure. Uh, well, I'm Bridget Haynes. I'm a junior music ed major. Um, I play viola in our orchestra. 
Um, I work for the orchestra on the staff. Um, I'm a PLA in the music department. Um, I'm an RA. Uh, I work at the library normally, not this semester. Um, and yeah, that's, uh, that's the spiel we got for today. Yeah. Um, so I guess my first question to you is how is like, you know, I know that I've been having a hard time with like my theater major doing that remotely, but I'm sure it's a million times worse for a music major. So what has doing remote work looked like for you? How is it different? Yeah, well, so, I mean, when we think of our individual lessons, like my viola lessons, doing those over Skype or Zoom is fine. We've done that before when, um, like if my professor was like off somewhere or not feeling well or whatever, we can do them over Skype. Um, and it works out okay. Obviously, there's some tone quality things that get lost, but uh, that one-on-one -on -one instruction is fine. It becomes more difficult in classes. Um, for example, like my music ed class, where a bulk of what we do when we go to class is we make music together and we practice teaching each other. Um, and we'll, we'll like be sitting and discussing, oh, what would you do if you wanted to do a unit about like making making a song in your class and like a songwriting class like how would you do that and then we'd go and like try that out um in the classroom using the instruments we have and so since we don't have that experience and the lag on zoom is uh unfortunate <laughs> we can't really do that so that's certainly changed as far as class times um ensembles have been different and i'm sure we'll talk about those more um but as far as getting the work done and like our outside of class preparation, it's definitely changed a lot. Um, and I know that there's been some changes in our uh, assignments and the way that we're submitting them and what we do that um, it's just, it's not, it's not the same. Uh, <laughs> and there's nothing else you can really say about that. And so um, I am, it is good because there's a lot of professors that are like making the most of it in far as like, we're not gonna try and do what we did before because we know that's impossible. So instead let's do something that will make more sense. Um, for example, like in my music class, we had two more lesson plans to submit um, that were like, one was about like dancing and one was about the specific instruments used for musical practice and doing that over Zoom would be really difficult. Um, so instead we're just writing one lesson plan that's gonna be about um, like it would be designed for remote learning and something that uh, a school teacher could use if they were absent for a day or something like that. So. Um, certainly different, but still valuable in a way. I don't know if that answers that. Yeah. And I guess in some ways, you know, so like my mom's an educator and I'm watching her like deal with learning how to do remote learning right now. So in that way, I guess, um, the current college students that are trying to be educators are going to be more prepared if this God forbid happens again later down the line when you're an educator yourself. Well, definitely. And I mean, I think that like the, um, like that's one thing that we're trying to do is, the things that we're doing instead of what we would normally do, we still want them to be relevant and helpful. Um, and still focusing like in our chamber music, instead of meeting and making music together in our trio, we're sitting and we're talking about like the context of the piece and talking through like the analysis of the piece. And these are things that we don't usually get to because we spend so much time focusing on notes and rhythms and getting ready to perform. Um, so these are very useful skills, uh, but it's definitely different. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I saw um, Ali Charney, who's a sophomore music ed major, had posted this like one man band video and like in the caption of it talked about how like, you know, writing all these research papers like just doesn't feel the same. Um, so for you, I know you started this uh, like Sunderman from a schmucker from a um, Facebook page and are trying to do some things with um, the music program. Um, now hear this. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about what's going on with that? 
Yeah. So the idea there was um, I'm part of a group that's linked through the admissions and the conservatory. Um, and one of our goals, besides, besides getting um, people to come to the college, uh, is kind of promoting our sense of community within the conservatory and what we do. And so we were kind of talking about um, ways to do that. And so we ended up deciding on a Facebook page um, that would just kind of be there to, um, one thing was to continue the Now Hear This um, performance because that's a weekly recital um, that anybody in the conservatory can sign up to perform for us each Friday. Um, and that kind of partially just kind of maintaining a routine of like, okay, it's been another week uh, <laughs> when time feels like it doesn't exist right now. Um, but then also like the idea is just kind of if people want it, like there have been some jokes posted in there, um, other little projects that can start there. I know other people are, are um, like sending things of like, oh, well, I know this person who's working on this project if you're looking for something to be a part of. Um, so it's kind of slow going, but the main idea is just that it was there um, and people can kind of use it how they want um, just to kind of keep our sense of community there. Because it's like, especially like in that building, um, there's just this like strong sense of like, we all belong here. Uh, and now that we're all apart from each other, that sense is really gone. Um, and we wanted something more. And like the Gay's Virgin's uh, great work from home thing is awesome. Um, and I've been loving it. I've been listening to the playlist and stuff, but we definitely wanted something that's kind of more specific to our home um, and our little group to keep that all going. So, yeah. And uh, last week, or I don't know, the, like you said, the time all runs together. So I don't know when it was, but some point in, at least the time that I can remember, uh, the Gettys Virgin, uh, and I think you talked in this article, there's a little Zorkestra action going on. Is that how you pronounce that word? That is, we call it Zorkestra. Um, we, yeah, we're doing it. It's not like we're doing our regular orchestra because playing all together doesn't work out. Um, but we're doing, we did some things where we have some guest speakers come in. Um, the director of the Chattanooga Symphony came in, the artistic director of the Boulder Philharmonic um, came and talked to us and just to have some conversations with people that are in the field and doing the work professionally, because I think it's a really, uh, the thing with orchestra is that it's not just music majors, is that there's music majors, there's music minors, there's music ed majors, there's non-majors, there's, it's just everybody's coming from all these different places. And even still, these conversations are like helpful and useful to kind of like understand a little bit more about what orchestra looks like after college and you can choose your levels of like how much you engage with that, but it's been really helpful. We did a little social event um, last Thursday night we, where everybody did show and tell. Um, and so people were showing off pets and their siblings. Um, I brought my chicken, it was a great time. Um, so yeah, we're just trying to make, um, make something worth like going to. Um, and we're starting this next week, we're gonna start a couple of workshops with like different instrument families are going to work with different uh, faculty to um, talk about just techniques specific to those instrument families. So again, these are skills that we're learning now um, that will apply to our private practice as we're home, but also once we get back to whatever semblance of normalcy we get back to. Um, <laughs> yeah. Does, does all of this feel useful or does it feel like you're kind of, I don't want to say filling time for the sake of having something to do, but you know, some comments I've heard from people, and not specific to the Zorchestra, which I'm sure is a great use of everyone's time, but um, just in general, they kind of feel like, yeah, there are these new things. Maybe they're marginally useful, but it kind of feels like we're just going through the motions for the sake of it. Well, I think 
um, I, like, I definitely have some of those feelings of the, like, really, this is like, I sit here and we meet together for like our little show and tell thing. And like, yeah, it was great. And it was fun. But like, it also just kind of reminds you that you're not near each other. Um, that you don't have that connection because we aren't next to each other. And it's like, okay, if we're just going to like, not do our schoolwork now, let's just like not meet. Um, and, and I get those feelings and I have those feelings. Um, but I also think that so much, I mean, you have to look at it two ways because one from like the educated perspective of me is the fact that like we're still in courses and we're still paying for courses. And these courses have goals that were listed and we've amended some of those. Um, but at the end of the day, like there's still things that we need to get done that we can get done. Um, and I love to learn and a lot of other Gettysburg college students love to learn. So like, let's keep doing it. Um, even if it's not like in the music setting, even if it's not the notes and rhythms that we usually spend time focusing on, we are focusing on things that we don't get time to focus on because we're clouded by the deadlines and the performances and the hustle and bustle of every day. So I think part of it is people's kind of like resistance to like the difference and the change in it. Um, but I still think it's very valuable and, um, hindsight is 2020 and we don't have that yet. So we'll just kind of deal with what we can do. Cause we don't know if this is the best thing to do. So we're just trying it out. Um, but then the other perspective, uh, is that like these, I think it's like, we've got to do something and like, it's pointless to sit here and try and do the same thing. And in some of my classes that I've been doing where they're like, okay, we're going to go on the same way we've been going on. It sucks. And it like, just feels like crap because you're like, this is, why are you trying to pretend like everything's normal? Like everything is not normal. And I'm tired of hearing people like looking at us, make, looking at us making the most of the situation. I'm like, okay, we should not be making the most of the situation. We should be like doing something completely different that like is valuable. Um, and so I don't know, it's tough. Um, to kind of summarize all that, but it's just like, I think it's still worth it. It's also like, we're still in the semester. Like we would still be going to school. Um, and if I didn't have school right now, I'd probably be going crazy. So I'm a little grateful for it. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, it's hard to justify it sometimes, especially when we do those like social things. Right. Well, I mean, in that vein, and I guess this is somewhat of a two-part question, are there, well, let me back up. One feature of music majors uh, that seems to be the case for really all of you, uh, and, and uh, you know, there are some aspects of the conservatory where I suppose there's some diversity, and here's one where there isn't. Everyone seems to be incredibly uh, busy all of the time. <laughs> um, and I'm wondering whether this opportunity or situation, or I don't want to put you know, a noun in your mouth as to what it is, but whether this, these circumstances are providing some kind of an opportunity to, uh, detach from that a little bit, but still be during the semester and think about what priorities you might have if you weren't busy the whole time. I don't know if that question makes sense. I think I kind of get what you're talking about. I mean, I certainly, um, like I'm a lot less busy here at home than I am at school. Um, partially as like music ed majors, um, a lot of the times we're spending driving off to like area schools to go observe teachers teaching um, and can't really do that right now. Uh, so there's just like, there's definitely some more time in like office hours, people aren't really doing those anymore. So things are kind of opening up and there is more time. And I think from myself and other people that I've talked to in the conservatory is that there's a certain amount of it that's like, man, I'm glad I have more time to like, sit and spend enough time practicing or, um, and I know that's one thing that people have been very grateful for is that people that are usually really busy, um, 
and don't have time to practice. There's always time to practice. Um, they are like grateful to have that because music has been very therapeutic for a lot of us so far, but there's also the, um, part of it that like with the extra time, we're just kind of able, um, myself, uh, and a couple other people I've talked to, we're kind of able to like be extra, like take some time to think and be extra grateful for the busyness that we have. Um, and like, yeah, we're sitting there and we're like, oh man, it sucks to be in orchestra rehearsal at like nine o'clock on a Thursday night. I'm so tired. And I want to like go to bed. Um, but then also now that we don't have that and then we're like, oh, well, rehearsal got out like an hour early and we're just kind of like, what do I do now? And like, it's kind of, it gets nice. Um, but it's certainly, it does. I have been noticing that, um, in myself, I'm like, okay, yeah, I really appreciate my time doing these things. And I really appreciate the time I spend doing this. Um, and like, especially like making music, um, can, I can, I can't even count how many times I've been like, Oh, I don't want to go to rehearsal, but like, I just, all I want now is to like be back in the majestic or be back in like two fifteen working on chamber music. And like, it's just, there's certainly like a realignment of priorities, um, about like why we're all music majors and what we're all doing. And one of the great things has been that like, as kind of around the world, you're seeing people like make music to each other on the balconies and like everybody kind of doing these like creative little videos like online and sending them out and stuff or like everybody making like parodies about the coronavirus. Like it's fun and it's kind of cool um, to sit there and be like, oh, like that's what I'm doing for the rest of my life. I get to go like be the thing that saves everybody. And like, that's kind of cool. Um, so I don't know. It's definitely been a very kind of introspective time for sure. I mean, I guess in that vein, is there anything from that you've kind of gleaned from that introspection that you or that you've heard others might want to uh, bring back into the less introspective time that is the hustle of the regular semester insofar as there's ever a regular semester again? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that like, especially next year, um, and definitely like, I mean, as when this class kind of, or like from the first years on, as we kind of go through our next four years at Gettysburg, uh, I feel like you're gonna hear a lot less of people complaining about being at rehearsal just because we've missed it. Um, but I do think that like, it's, it's a nice reset to kind of be like, okay, like, why are you here? And why are you doing what you're doing? Um, that I wouldn't say is going to make us stop doing a bunch of things and stop being so busy. Um, but it'll certainly, I think, help us like realize what's more important and maybe make it easier to like say no to opportunities that like seem really great, but actually aren't what we want to do. Um, and recognizing like how precious our time is. Um, but at the same time, I think that myself, at least I'm very excited to like go back to school and just like have lots to do again, cause I'm going crazy. Um, but you know, I don't know. It's, it's tough, but yeah, definitely, a definitely something to, like think about when we go back to the regular life. <laughs> I think a lot of like students that are based in creative majors, like ones that can create something out of nothing. So like music, theater, studio art, English, like those types of majors feel this weird, I don't know, I'm feeling it at least, this weird pressure to like, you know, write the next great American novel or something in that vein. Um, I know that I've constantly felt like I need to like, this is the time that I write like the next play. Like, you know, I mean, have you or like anyone that you've talked to felt like this weird need to create like the next Beethoven symphony, but like for now? Yeah, I mean, I think there's certainly some of that. I mean, I know um, I've been 
finding like I've been really enjoying the free time because I've been able to like focus on the type of music that like I would like to make and play around with and I've been like pray, playing around with like my guitar and ukulele just kind of like singing and songwriting and stuff which is time I don't have which is what I don't have time for during the semester because we have like orchestra and percussion ensemble and all these other things but that pressure of like this pressure of productivity that's going on right now and I think like yeah it's like with art, definitely within like the arts and stuff. But I think it's also like anybody that's doing anything. It's like, oh, well, you have all this free time. Go like start a garden or like go like get fit and like go do all these things. And it's like, you know what? We can also just like sit and be sad and angry. And like, that's fine because like world's kind of, you know, up in arms a little bit. And I think I, I, uh, and I definitely feel that pressure. Um, and I think it's just kind of, for some of my friends, like they've been loving the time that they have to be creative. Um, and to like, they've been loving the opportunity that is like, okay, I can write something that is going to make an impact and it will be like relevant to society and will be like contextually important because a lot of the times when we're sitting there in like theory three, writing our compositions, we're like, why does this matter? Um, because like we have to learn whatever, but I think like there's that side of it, but then there's the other side that's like, I, I can't even think about like, the pressure and the weight of like having to do something that matters right now. Um, and at least in my experience and other people I've talked to, it changes, like it changes on a day to day. Like some days I'm like, I'm going to change the world and I'm going to like write a song that's going to be the anthem of everything. And then other times I'm like, I'm going to sit in my bed and uh, watch YouTube videos all afternoon. And that's what happens. And it's okay. Um, but it's, it's that pressure is certainly there. I think in all facets, but definitely within the creative arts for sure. Yeah, I think this, the other thing that I keep thinking about is like the way that we contextualize things within like world wars, or like we have an entire era called the Great Depression or anything like that. Um, the idea that anything we create in this time frame or do in this time frame is going to be contextualized by the coronavirus is definitely something that maybe hinders us from wanting to create anything great because then it's like, yeah, I made the, like the next big anthem, but it's always going to be the coronavirus anthem. And do I want that? Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, the for COVID you, the like, concerto has a nice ring to it. Just saying, it does, Ben. It does. I'll uh, I'll let you know when I get to that. <laughs> for you, um, have the faculty like been like up in arms about having to do all this, or has it been like this frame of like this is what we're gonna do at this time? I I think it's specifically different for you guys, especially because like not just music majors, but music ed majors specifically. Like there is opportunity here to learn something that like the people that are teaching you right now didn't know um, because no one was really prepared for this, but has it felt like, I don't know, I've had professors that are kind of openly saying that they hate um, teaching through <laughs> method and have complained about it like while on Zoom. And then they're like, okay, let's get into class. <laughs> or has it been a lot of, you know, positivity and just hoping that it goes well? Well, I, for one, I really appreciated and respected the way that the conservatory faculty has been responding to this. I think like there's certainly times where like they say one thing and then, or like you'll be in like a one-on-one -on -one lesson or a chamber coaching or something in like a smaller group um, where they're like, yeah, we're probably going to do this. And then like we get the official email from James Day or director of the conservatory who's all like, actually, this is what's happening. And you're like, but I thought, but I mean, you can't really get too mad at that because Everybody's just kind of speculating until things are set in stone. Um, and we don't know for sure. So, but I mean, I think like there has been a really good understanding that like this is affecting us greatly. Um, 
And obviously it's messing up the way we instruct and the way we learn. Um, but also the fact that like music making is so at the core of what we do. And like every class, like even our theory classes, which are lecture classes, like we still have, um, lots of like creative music making there too. Like people are like improvising during RL skills or they're writing composition assignments for theory. Um, and so there's lots of like things that are happening that like happen collaboratively that aren't happening anymore. Um, and I've really appreciated the way that, uh, at least the faculty that I've interacted have kind of like recognized that. And they, uh, they say to you and they're like, I know that this is different. And I know that this is like, there's a, is it not the same? And it just sucks. And there's sometimes we're like, yeah, it's just not great. Um, and I think that that's kind of that realism of the fact that like, we are doing things that are valuable, but like, this is not what you signed up for. That, um, is really comforting. I think, even though it may sound kind of like, uh, Debbie Downer and like, not hopeful, but like, it's just, I don't know. It's, um, it's nice to have that, at least in my perspective. Um, there have been, I mean, I've interacted with some professors that are kind of like, well, I don't really agree with the way the conservatory is doing this, but we are. And it's kind of like, okay, well, sure, whatever. I don't really know what to tell you. This is the way we're doing it. Um, but I think, especially from the music ed perspective, there's been a, um, understanding that like, everything's a learning opportunity and that's kind of how we go through our lives day to day, but especially now, um, and seeing the way that our alumni are adapting and like reaching back out to us in, that are currently at school, that's been really, um, helpful, but just like the way that we're, um, like when we we're like, I was talking about redesigning the lesson plan and how, um, certain, like one of the big projects we have for my music class is writing a musical that's supposed to be like 30 minutes in length. And you like record all the songs and write all the songs and video it. And we show it to everybody and we like discuss it and whatever. And we're like, okay, that's not going to happen. Instead, you're going to do a five minute one song thing and we're going to post it on Facebook and see what happens. And I'm like, okay, cool. Sounds good. So like, there's an understanding that like, there's still valuable work to be done. Um, and we know that like making the music is really important to you. So we're going to try to make things as like, musical as we can, but also doable within the time frame that we have it in. Um, and so some of the like more formal things have been postponed or canceled. Um, we have like a sophomore assessment that's like, you have to present and play and whatever. And that's like, it's helpful and it's good benchmark and it's good that we do it, but it is more of a formality kind of thing. So it's good that we push it aside. Um, and so I think in the way that the faculty have been like postponing things or adjusting things or allowing professors to make their own decisions, like that kind of, um, flexibility is like supported by this understanding of like, we know that you're hurting because you're not making the music you're usually making. And it's like, I don't know, it should, it, it's like helpful because it is realistic. Um, and there isn't this like, Oh my God, this is so hard for you. And like, that's just kind of like, it's not like that. It's a, a much more, um, just like comes from such a place of understanding. And I think that's because all of our faculty, like they're all missing out on it too. Like they hate not seeing us and like, our orchestra director, Dr. Leal, was like talking in orchestra the other day. He starts every rehearsal. He's like, it's a privilege to be here with you all. And he's like, I, I say that every rehearsal and I truly mean it. And I am so missing you right now um, because just what we have is so special and what we do is so special. And so I think because the faculty are so invested in each of our like musical trajections, um, they're like, it, it just is much more comforting kind of in the way that they've responded to it. That's a good note to end on. So it's really <laughs> thanks so much for joining us. Absolutely. That's on target for this week. We'd like to thank Bridget Haynes for being our featured guest today. 
We'd also like to thank the staff of the Gettysburg and the executive board of WZBT for their ongoing support in this project. Please be sure to subscribe to On Target on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, or wherever else you get your podcasts. On Target is a joint production of the Gettysburg and WZBT. Our theme music was composed by Diego Rocha, a 2019 graduate of the Sunderman Conservatory of Music. Join us next week. Like I said last week, I have no idea who our guest will be, but hey, last week, this week, it turned out to be Bridget, and that went pretty well. So, you know, I'm sure it'll be great. Until then, stay safe, stay home, stay hopeful, stay kind, whatever else is on the majestic sign, and have a good week. <laughs>